this is a prospective minicast episode, content that didn't make the full episode, but we think is going to be interesting to you. Here we go. Let's talk about the benefits of a mirrorless system for underwater photography. Yeah, so I've used a couple of different mirrorless systems underwater. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I can talk about the subject. Yes, obviously, obviously, <laughs> Sony's. Um, yeah, so I currently use two Sony's. Prior to using Sony, I had a different system, but it was a um, it was like a micro four thirds mirrorless system. Okay. So it kind of, I guess, got me into the you know getting used to mirrorless as a system and getting used to shooting with a screen mm-hmm. a little bit more than using a viewfinder yeah. and, and things like that. Um, but obviously the Sony's are far superior with the full frame capabilities and that's what I was looking for when I made the upgrade, mm-hmm. I guess. I, I, I always forget about that, that photographers are all like, well, not all, but most photographers are just used to using the, the, the eyepiece, whereas us videographers never use that at all. It's always the back screen. <laughs> Um, yeah. only Greg's shaking his head. Maybe, maybe on a bright sunny day, yeah. you'll you'll poke your eye yeah. in. But <laughs> yeah. So, so how 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 was that transition then? Um, because it was for just for my underwater stuff only mm. at first. Um, it was it was like shooting differently anyway because I wear a mask when I'm photographing underwater. Um, to use a viewfinder is kind of impossible, right? Or like very hard. You have like some too many bits of glass between you and and the the viewfinder yeah. so it's really essential to have a screen and that's why mirrorless is is the best approach in my mind like i know a lot of um underwater photographers that do use dslrs still mm-hmm. but um i think you're making life harder for yourself if you do for sure <laughs> just to be able to actually see what your exposures are going to be like on the back of the screen is a yeah a wonderful thing that I would really miss if I went to sh- went back to shooting on a DSLR. Yeah, yeah. The what you see is what you get sort of thing must be really yeah. useful underwater. Yeah, definitely. It's one less thing to think about. Like, yeah, is what I'm seeing actually going to come out like this kind of thing? Uh-huh. I I would in general agree with that message that gear does not matter, but. When you're pu- when you're pushing <laughs> the boundaries of your own creativity, you know, um, when you're shooting underwater, when you're shooting in super dark places where maybe you don't have a lot of control yeah. of lighting or whatever, these tools are important. They are, and okay, mm-hmm. you can work around them creatively, um, but they are important. And uh, yeah, we're it's kind of an amazing time to be a photographer and a videographer. Um, if I, well, so for people who don't know these cameras that you're talking about, the A7 III, the A7 R3, because um, I sometimes get confused with the Sony names and, and well, a- any of the other cameras apart from Canon, but only because I work with Canon. <laughs> do, you, do you want to talk us through these cameras? Uh, yeah, I can do, of course. Um, so the A7 III is... Um obviously by its name, the, the third generation of their, um, I guess, um, most entry level of the full frame alpha series. Mm-hmm. Um, I could be wrong saying that. I obviously don't work for Sony, so I'm not going to get this completely <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> are you, are, are and th- th- this is the camera that, that came out in March last year that was, uh, you know, that, that turned everyone's uh-huh. heads. It's, it's very affordable for a professional level camera. 
I think it came out at about two thousand pounds. I've I've now most recently seen it as low as like sort of sixteen hundred. Mm. Um, and it's an amazing full frame camera that sort of ironed out any kind of problems that mirrorless had had in the past. So I think the the, the Mark II of that same range had um, a battery life that that was very very. Um, <laughs> Not good. Yes. <laughs> so it kind of it went through it. It went through a lot of batteries, and that was ironed out. So, on their their third kind of um, model of this camera, it's it's ready for yeah, it's ready for really kind of going for it. It's got a dual card slot, which is I don't know how other people feel about this kind of thing. Well, I do know how other people feel about it, but I, for me, it's essential. Like mm-hmm. shooting weddings, um, also shooting underwater, like. Sometimes I'll fill up a memory card when underwater and I don't want to have to, to dry off my entire housing and get out the water, find a memory card, change them over. I can just kind of like switch on to the other card if I want to, if I want to just carry on shooting for a bit uh-huh. longer. So it's um, going off topic a little bit, aren't I? Sorry. No, 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 <laughs> I'm absolutely- raving no. about the cameras. So, yeah, that's the A7 III. Uh-huh. The R3, I guess, is... Um, it's a higher resolution version of that camera, mm-hmm. so it's got a lot more megapixels. I'm not going to say the exact ma- amount because I can't remember off the top <laughs> of my head. <laughs> but it creates uh, image files that, that are like 8,000 pixels wide, which is really, really useful for printing massive prints that I do. I've just um, in the last couple of days taken in some print orders for people in America and Canada and somebody in Australia and um, I'm yeah m- making some massive prints for them and posting them off and yeah I used to sell fairly big prints from my old system and I'd always feel a little bit kind of like oh don't look at these prints too closely yeah. you know when I was selling them to people but now I've got these yeah really wonderful resolution um, uh, images from from what I shoot on the A7R. So mm-hmm. I think it's it's one of the things that people find really difficult to know what to go for when they are making that switch. It's like, should I go for the A7 III or the R3 mm. or the A9? And is, um, Am I right in saying there's another A7S? Oh, there's the, uh, sorry, the, 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 the S. Yeah, what's, that's... What's, what's, uh, what's the, the difference S. for that? There's the S2 at the moment. The S2 is um, it's a lower resolution. So I think it's about uh, something as little as like 12 megapixels maybe but it's the one that all filmmakers ah yes like, rave about uh-huh, okay. it's really good at yeah. low light uh, right, um, that's right. and so when i bought my a7 III, i was thinking i'll the second camera that i buy i think i'll probably get the a7s3 when it comes mm. out but of course it hasn't come out it hasn't come out so i ended up buying an a7r3 and actually that suits my needs a lot more than that would have uh-huh. done um i'm not saying that i won't possibly look at getting an a7s3 when it comes out (laughs) i'm a little bit of a gear junkie (laughs) i have to stop buying things though (laughs) yes i think we 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 too are gear junkies although in the past few years we've been reducing the kit so much and really trying to avoid as much We've been gear. Like reverse gear junkies. <laughs> selling, selling all our equipment yeah, to get less. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what I did, actually, in order to get to switch to Sony. And I'm trying very hard to prevent myself from building stuff yeah. up again. Like, at the moment, I shoot on the two bodies, and I have four lenses and three flash guns, and that's uh-huh. it. And it all fits into one rucksack. And it's like, it's just, yeah, it's a very refreshing yeah. feeling not having bags and bags of the yeah. stuff do, so, do, you, do you flash yeah. underwater 
I don't no. know. Have you ever, th- have you ever <laughs> not, thought about not it? In a, not in a lighting yeah. sense. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, in the other sense? <laughs> you, do, you don't need that. That's fine. Uh, have you have you thought about using um, uh, underwater lights or anything like that? Strobes underwater. Um, <laughs> I have tried before. I've dabbled with it a little bit, okay. but um, for me, like nat- natural light, I think is mm-hmm. is something. And I know lots of people say that with wedding photography as well. You can't beat natural light, and and it's true. Like I think with my underwater stuff, um, I think the sun is is quite symbolic in my in my images mm-hmm. like you can normally see the sun at the top of the frame mm-hmm. and it's like one light source and it's like something that she's often traveling up towards too nice. so yeah i don't feel the need for I, I think it's a nice challenge to just try and work with what you've got mm-hmm. whatever that might be lighting wise so actually using um available lights like maybe after dark with swimming pool lights and you know just ones that are lighting up the pool naturally mm-hmm. things like that i think can be quite a creative way to work yeah. how many how, how many photographs do you do you, do you take for an underwater session i mean maybe not even a session but obviously you you, you talk to your model you dive under so what you just okay so in one, one, one dive yeah how, how many one dive uh, it depends on the dive. I think it depends on how successful it is. Mm-hmm. I usually sort of dive down and sort of survey the situation and whether she is doing what I wanted her to do <laughs> <laughs> or no, whether whether she is kind of, whether the light is right on her yeah. and and things like that. Um, on on a lot of the dives down, we'll, I'll, I'll just take one photo and if it's, you know, I pretty much know whether things are going to be good or not, uh, so I don't bother if if it's if it's not working for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Then we'll surface. I will kind of work out what I need to do to change it. Uh, sometimes it's like where I am in position to her, in position to the sun, mm-hmm. in sort of relationship wise. So um, yeah, I guess when we do dives and things are going well, then I will shoot a lot more. Maybe maybe about. 10 to 15 images for okay. the period of time that we're underwater. Uh-huh. So we're usually only under for about a minute or two right. at the time, I guess. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm quite selective. I'm still, because I was trained on 35 mil film, I'm still, I've still got that kind of like decisive moment kind mm-hmm. of thing about photography where I don't want to just spray and pray. Yeah. And that, <laughs> I, I suppose that that's why I asked the question because with mirrorless, you can essentially just keep shooting, right? Yeah, it's dangerous. I do. I think when I have my when I have it set onto the silent shutter mode, mm. that's when I do end up shooting double the amount that I normally would. Yeah. So I often put the um, the mechanical shutter on just so I can hear it. It makes me a bit more conscious about the images I'm taking and more decisive about when I take the shots. Mm-hmm. Like so, the Sony's are are like we've noticed that every not everyone but a large majority of photographers have like moved over to the sony's I, and i suppose maybe it's the it's how good they are now it's obviously the full frame their color depth uh or rather their color science their uh dynamic range now is a lot better than it used to be but yeah you, you can flip it to video now and obviously you mentioned mm-hmm. uh, on on the podcast that you know you have shot some video so what is that like 
with a mirrorless system switching like how, like do one do you find it easy enough to switch the video and then two what, what, what's your what's your experience like in the video world <laughs> um i've done a little bit of film work before uh nothing nothing too sort of heavy when it comes to wedding videography or anything like that mm-hmm. it's it's been mainly for personal projects and the odd commission where i've done some filming um, but what I what I found with doing the doing a little bit of filming with the underwater stuff is that, uh, as you said, you can switch really quickly um, from one to the other. So I think it's it's a lot easier to to do that kind of fusion if you're con- trying to concentrate on taking stills as a priority, and maybe the film is like a little bit of something extra, mm-hmm. um, a nice be- benefit, a bonus kind of thing than. And that does really help with the having a mirrorless camera that that makes that easy. Uh, I think for me, like um, with the projects that I that we did in in Mexico, the underwater sort of behind the scenes of of my work. Um, some of the scenes that I was shooting stills for, I was thinking whilst I was down there, you know, something really beautiful playing out in front of my eyes, like the way Yara was moving underwater and the way the light was working. Mm. It was just like. Okay, I really want to take stills right now, but I also really want to get like just maybe a four second clip of this as well. So just like being able to really quickly switch between the settings that I use for the stills to, you know, using the right shutter speed and things like that for the uh-huh. for the filming, just like yeah, a very quick thing to do on the on the Sony system. So I managed to um I think in the film if you watch it, it's uh there's a scene where I'm kind of like Yara's balancing on a branch underwater and I'm kind of like on the other end of the branch Mm -hmm. and if you look at it I've got my legs wrapped around the branch (laughs) trying to stop myself from bobbing up and hitting the roof of like this cave that I was just underneath Uh (laughs) but during that that shot I I managed to get yeah this really lovely piece of footage which is the the end part of the film the the playing out bit where she's dancing on this mm. on this branch and then leaping off at the very end. Yeah. So I managed to film that, but also get some nice stills as well. So it's kind of like, I don't know how long we were underwater for, but yeah, maybe only a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. Have you ever thought, okay, I've, I've shot this lovely bit of footage, but I've kind of, I wanted to capture that moment in a still. Have you ever taken like a still from the video? Is that something you'd ever do? Um, I haven't, but I think I think that is that is um, pretty doable on the A seven R three, and that's what I was shooting a lot of the little clips on uh-huh. in Mexico. Like they are, you know, resolution wise, they wouldn't they wouldn't make you know kind of billboard size prints, uh-huh. but they are definitely good enough for social media yeah. and yeah, even sort of maybe A four size prints. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's pretty impressive how um, the uh, I, yeah the sort of rumors for um, the new Sony A7, A A seven A seven S. The S three coming the, out. Is the long-awaited S three. Is this the eight K? Yeah, one? yeah. Right, okay. There's rumors that's going to be. Yeah, that, that's yeah. what they're talking about, isn't it? It's like, okay, yeah. I, I'll never take still photos again if they have eight K <laughs> capability. I will literally just walk around filming everything and then select frames yeah. from it. That would just be brilliant. That'd be, that'd be crazy. I wonder how that's actually going to uh, affect. Uh, the relationship between photographers and videographers because I, I don't know if you know but there is this thing called fusion where photographers have been <laughs> taking video and some people on the you know the video end get a little bit upset because maybe they feel like yeah, it's stepping I'm on sure. toes but now 
with uh with yeah it's gonna be back with, with videos shooting. we're gonna take your job <laughs> <laughs> i mean not to make photographers nervous here because obviously we've got a lot of photographer listeners i wonder how that's gonna affect things is there gonna be a bit, a bit of a pushback i reckon yeah i could imagine there would be because you know there's so many incredible filmmakers yourself included out there who are just so creative and you know have such that that such sort of beautiful cinematic look to their films mm. that you know kind of they've got they've got the eye for for photography and you know if you've got a camera that's capable of taking frames from the scenes that you're shooting mm-hmm. then yeah. yeah i think there's going to be wedding photographers are going to be in trouble i think definitely there's going to be big changes like when the dslr sort of revolution kicked off wedding photography changed in a massive way yeah i think the same is going to happen with mirrorless how it plays out i don't know but we're going through a big change at the moment i think with mirrorless definitely well uh, now forgive me i i can't remember who this was i just remember the situation but uh a photographer was uh working alongside a, a videographer and uh, they're, you know, they're, they're obviously photographers are trying to sell their gallery at the end. And the couple came back to the photographer and said, actually, we're, we're getting our stills printed from the videographer. Mm. And that re- like, that started a huge debate um, as to whether or not videographers should be selling prints at all. And then, you know, uh, this whole array of of discussion points just threading out of this one thread wow. was quite marvelous. Very aggressive. Though, yeah, yeah, people will be defensive. The turf, for yeah, sure. and then and then I'm like, well, e- e- even like defensive on both ends because you had videographers saying, "Oh, the other videographers shouldn't be doing that because it ruins ruins the relationship between videographer and photographer and all sorts of things." So you know, if if we thought that the introduction of fusion was going to be a big thing, uh, drama wise, uh, when when there's more of a debate happening as to whether videographers are going to be doing this sort of thing. It's going to be really interesting. Mm, definitely. <laughs> Maybe, uh, I don't know if you know uh, David McGinty. You, you might have been filmed at the photography yeah. farm, but David McGinty likes to get into these conversations about fusion. And I wonder if he'll <laughs> get into the conversation of 8K and mirrorless. David, I'm, I'm calling for your, for your superpowers here. Back to, back to <laughs> some of the sort of advantages. One of the things that people are moving to the Sony's for is the amazing autofocus. Mm. Is that a big help underwater as well? Is there a, difference between dslr and mirrorless for that it's been the biggest game changer for me i think um i obviously kind of like went to to sony as a brand because because they were so advanced with their full frame system and i really wanted mirrorless for the underwater stuff um so that was kind of like the initial pull i was also really drawn by the fact that they were a lot smaller in body size and light lighter in weight so Mm -hmm. would make my sort of above water like you know wedding photography life a lot easier on my back and shoulders and stuff. Um, But yeah, the the massive benefit that's come from me that was more unexpected, it was like a really nice bonus was the, the focusing system and how easy it is to use and how fail safe it is. Like um, using the eye autofocus, it just means that every single shot in a, in a headshot shoot that I shoot every single one will be in focus like 100% of the shots that I mm-hmm. take and it's it's really kind of like I don't know you you kind of think that that should be something that you that's guaranteed when you buy a professional level camera <laughs> but when I shot on Canon it was not the case like I'd get my lenses calibrated fairly regularly yeah. uh yeah I would always have 
you know, slightly soft focus shots, mm. quite, you know, quite a few of them in, in a, in one, in one wedding or one shoot. Yeah. Such a challenge. And it's, it's hard not to think, well, it must be just because I'm not a very good photographer. So yeah, it's done a lot for my confidence. I suddenly feel like I can actually take yeah. photos. Yeah. That, because it's a reliable system. Yeah. You know? It's amazing as, as well, this, how much your gear can actually help. Because obviously we we spoke in the podcast about the the effects on social media, but also like the effect of your gear. Like, what does your gear say to you? So, yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, I guess at the end of the day, I mean, it's just a tool, isn't it? Yeah. Well, that's all you. Mm-hmm. you um, that's what people say. They say you should be able to pick up any camera and create something good with it if you're a good photographer. But it does make such a difference having a camera that is really really enjoyable to use. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I, I don't feel like I've properly had that until i switched to sony Mm -hmm. that kind of um yeah just it it encourages me to shoot in a very creative way in a very kind of every time i pick it up i will try something different with it 